1: I just got home from the National Speakers Association Winter Conference, which was held in Austin, Texas. So when I say I just got home, I actually never left home, but I spent three days at the Hilton Hotel downtown with about 300 of my closest friends who are all professional speakers and many who want to be professional speakers, and I am a big fan of of the National Speakers Association. I have gotten over my past seven years as a member so much inspiration. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know, I'm always encouraging you to get involved with whatever your trade association is. Now, part of that is I'm a joiner. Let's face it. If I was a plumber, I would be an active member of the National Plumbers Association. However, I also think that getting around anybody, no matter no matter what your industry is, getting around people who are doing that for a living, who are actually working in your industry, only good things can come from it. It's gonna elevate you so much higher in your own trek to be successful in your business. You're going to learn best practices. You're going to be able to talk about things with people about how you structure your business. And if you do it right, you're going to actually get referrals. A lot of people tell me, well, Tom, I don't, I don't want to go to my trade association. That's where my competitors go. I only go where there's potential clients. I only want to go to conferences where I can sell to people. Now, I want you to back up and think about that for a minute. If you're nodding your head right now going, yeah, I only want to go where everybody I meet I can sell to – that doesn't really sound right with me. If everything you do is about selling someone else, then we're, we're too focused on take, take, take. There's got to be some mutually beneficial part to, to building relationships, to being involved with people where maybe you're just providing good to one another. If you go into every meeting and you look at everybody as if they have a pork chop hanging around their neck and you're a hungry wolf who hasn't eaten in a month and you just want to pounce on them and devour them. I just don't think that builds a healthy set of relationships. While I was at this conference, there was actually a conversation with somebody who, he was a little bit arrogant. He was a little bit uh, demeaning to the other people who were in the conversation. And somebody called him out on it. And it was a little heated for a minute. And afterwards, he apologized. And he said, you know, I am really good on stage. I'm really good at my craft. I'm really good when I'm working. But I'm often not very good with people. God, and that resonated with me because there's so many people who probably can relate to that. They're very good at doing their job, but people just kind of are a problem in in that in how they relate with them. And so my advice to him was get more involved with NSA. And what one person in the conversation told him was come into a conversation empty. Don't come into a conversation full. And I've been thinking about that. I thought, wow, that is such good advice for all of us in every situation where we interact with people, but especially if you're going to go to your trade association, you don't want to go in thinking, I know everything. Or if you're secretly feeling insecure, thinking that you have to prove to everybody how great you are in your line of business, attending a meeting like I attended this weekend really should be about getting around your people and, and just having fun and learning and observing and absorbing and I think you become better for it. Now, I wanted to take the time on this episode to talk to those of you who who hear me refer to the National Speakers Association. I get a lot of, of emails and calls from people who are like, that sounds like a fun business. I, I want to learn more about it. So I thought I would talk about sort of my seven tips for becoming a paid professional speaker and it's just my ideas. I mean, you know, I'm not one of these people who's trying to, to, you know, sell somebody a $10,000 coaching program to I'll teach you, you know, to be a speaker. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can teach you. I think you, it has to be inside of you. It has to want to come out. You have to be serious. You have to be committed and you have to be willing to do the work. I know that you know speaking can seem like it's easy someone gets up and delivers a speech and captivates the audience and i meet so many people who haven't put the work in to develop their skills as a communicator from the stage and and they what they want to be a speaker or they're calling themselves a speaker when really they're just a person who gives a couple of speeches here and there if you really want this to be your career or part of your career. There's a lot of consultants and coaches and business professionals who speak on the side and make a lot of extra money because they're the, they're seen as a thought leader. They're seen as, as somebody who has something to offer their industry, and so people will pay them to come. But if you want that to repeat, there's a couple of things that, that you have to do. So I have these seven tips that I have for people, and I'm just going to go through them. And then at the end, please stay tuned because at the end, I went around and interviewed six or seven people. At the National Speakers Association, people who I know, people I respect, who have very different types of careers, and I ask them, what advice would you have for my audience, for the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, what advice would you have for them if they want to learn more about the speaking business, if they want to become a paid professional speaker? So my tips are, number one, I think to begin with, you need to know the difference between being a public speaker and being a professional speaker. While speaking skills, the ability to communicate is going to be important to have any type of career in this business, to be able to be up there. I mean, the gift of gab, being able to communicate really doesn't equal earning a fee. To be paid well and to consistently have work, you have to be committed to the industry of speaking, which means you have to be committed to the meetings business. Now, people think there's a meetings business. It's actually bigger than the automotive business. I mean, in our world, in our economy, the world of meetings is huge, and there are associations that focus on meetings. One is Meeting Professionals International. There are entire people who have dedicated their entire career to meetings, and we don't think about that when we when we arrive at a Hilton and, and check in and get our key and, and go to the opening keynote. We don't think about how many people are behind the scenes that actually make these meetings run. But if you want to succeed as a speaker, you have to realize that speaking is a business and it looks like one thing from the outside. If you just observe people who get paid to speak, you think, oh, that's what their business is like. But it is very different once you're on the inside of the business. So my advice is know the difference between being a public speaker, someone who gets called on to stand up and and say a few words, and someone who's a professional speaker, which means you're being paid and earning your living off of this, and then Figure out how that relates to you. This is not a place where you can wing it. A lot of people think, well, I'm a good speaker. I can just wing it. And then they wonder why their career isn't necessarily taking off. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is you're gonna need to have a great website and video. Now, it doesn't have to be highly produced, super high end. There's a lot of ways you can get a website and a video created for just a few thousand dollars. Now, a lot of people spend $10,000 on their website and another $10,000 on their videos, but those are usually people who have reached the higher end of the business. I see a lot of people make a mistake and go too far too fast. They invest tens of thousands of dollars in their materials before they have any social proof that they're going to be able to make it in the business. But those who hire speakers They often work from referrals. It's very rare that people are going to Google a speaker, although it does happen, and it does happen a lot. Apparently, I don't get a lot that way, but some of my peers say they find a lot of their business through random search. But hiring a speaker is a scary thing. And those of us who present at conferences, we set the tone for the event. So a bad speaker can ruin the whole meeting. That's why meeting planners often talk to each other, and they go to people on their committee, and they ask for advice saying, who is it that you have seen recently who does a great job as a speaker? And then, before they ever call you, they're going to go check you out online, which means you have to have an easily accessible website with a video so that they can take a look and decide if your talents, if your style really meets what they're looking to have featured on their stage. Now it used to be you had to have a paper one sheet, and some people still recommend that that you can send out as marketing materials. I don't actually have a paper website or a, a paper, <laughs> I don't actually have a, a paper one sheet, but I send everybody to my website, Tomsinger.com, and that's where those who are looking to hire me can find everything they need to know and make those decisions. So the third thing is you have to have a topic that people want. And you have to position it in a unique manner. If you're just gonna go out and say, I speak on leadership, that is horribly broad. You have to be able to bring that down to something that makes them think. So many people get very excited about a topic around a personal passion that they have that has little commercial value. They think that their unique concept is what meeting organizers are seeking. And while it's easy for each of us to get excited about our own ideas and our own thoughts and our own pontifications, that's not necessarily equal to getting paid for sharing those concepts. If people don't have a budget for the topic that you speak about, they're often not going to pay you. Even if you're a great speaker, they need to have, you need to solve a problem that brings them to that investment of budget. So ask yourself, how will my talk help the people who are hiring me and how will it help my audience? It's not just how will this impact the audience? It will it help the meeting organizer meet their goal? If it matches up, they're going to come to you. If you don't know if it matches up, find out. Go back to tip number one and study the speaking and the meeting business and look if there are people out there who have similar topics, not the exact same thing, but something similar and then figure out how can I put my own spin on it so that when they talk to me, they realize this is not just a commodity. This is a person I need to bring in to share their thoughts. So that's tip number three. Number four is you've got to get out there and speak. Stephen King famously gave advice that if you want to become a writer, you do so by writing. People would come to him and say, oh, I want to be a writer. And Stephen King would say, what do you write? And they'd say, well, I don't really write. And he said, sit down and write. It doesn't matter if you get published. Same thing is true for speakers. It doesn't matter if you get paid. Writers write, and I think speakers speak. Early on, don't worry about the money. Focus on getting the experience and the feedback that will allow you to really become great. I read an article several years ago, maybe a decade ago, by the legendary speaker Roxanne Emmerich. And she said that before you're ever going to be great on stage, I mean, you might naturally have a lot of ability, but before you're going to be able to think on your feet, relate to audiences, and really go, wow, you have to give 300 professional level speeches. Now, think about that. If you're speaking five times a year, that's going to take you a long time. Even 10 times a year is going to take you forever. However, I concur. Now that I have delivered well over 500 professional level speeches in my career, I'm on an entirely different level and I would argue a better level than I was at number 100 or 150. And so you must continuously find ways to get in front of audiences. I talk to people all the time who are like, oh, I don't want to speak for free. I just want to start getting paid. I talked to some consultant who said I can bypass all the work because you know I have a great story or, or whatever. Maybe, and I know that there are examples where people have leapfrogged to the top of this industry, but they're the outliers. If you really want to succeed in this business, it takes consistency and that dedication. Tip number five is be honest. Don't try to be something that you're not. Don't put on a facade that makes you seem like you're much more experienced than you are. Look at it like a ladder. Figure out where you are, which rung you are located on and speak at that level, and then rise, as your abilities rise, rise up that ladder. Nowadays, everyone calls themselves a speaker. I see people all the time who on their bio on LinkedIn, it says that they're a conference speaker, and when I ask them, they've probably given three or four speeches. I don't know if giving three or four speeches actually makes you a speaker. It might make you someone who's given three or four speeches, but I believe that there is a stage for everyone at every level. But if you try to leapfrog and early on, I did this, I'm talking from a point of where I made this mistake. If you show up on a stage where they're expecting more than you're capable of doing, you're not only hurting yourself and the audience, but you're also hurting that organizer. And what you're doing is it's making them jaded for the next person. So be honest about who, who you are. I've learned over this decade of speaking that when I accept a keynote or the ability to be the master of ceremony, it might it's okay to be a little stretch because that's the only way you get from one rung on the letter to another. But if it's something, if they're looking for something way beyond who I am, if they're looking for a celebrity or somebody who has you know climbed Mount Everest or done something on that level, I have to say, okay, I'm not the right person. The great news is, is that I probably know the right person because of how active I am in the National Speakers Association. So many times I have told potential clients, I'm not the right person for that topic, or I don't feel like I'm the right fit for your stage. Let me make a few recommendations. Tip number six is make friends. One of the things I ask everybody who comes to me and says, Hey, Tom, what advice do you have for, for somebody who wants to become a paid professional speaker? My first question is how many speaker friends And I mean friends, not just people you follow on Twitter. How many speaker friends do you have? And so often people come back to me and say, "Uh, you, well, lots of times we've met for the first time and I have to break it to them that we're not friends. We're somebody who is sitting here having a cup of coffee. What it comes down to is I'm asking people who you could pick up the phone and go, let's get a beer and they say, of course. How many friends like that do you have who are professional speakers? Oftentimes the answer is none and, and that's okay because my advice then is, Go out and make friends with speakers. And I don't mean stalk the celebrity speakers or the uber successful people in your topic area, hoping that they're going to throw you the ones that people don't have enough budget or, you know, just the crumbs that that come off their table. I'm talking about developing real relationships with your peers, finding people who have an interest in the business, a commitment to the business, and then grow up together along the way. Get to know working speakers who are out there earning a living or part of their living this way, and create mutually beneficial relationships. I'm back to that word, mutually beneficial relationships. That means you have to help them succeed too. If you want to get into this business, another question I would ask you is, how many times have you referred someone to a speaking job? I did this all the time when I was like, before I was even part-time, the associations I belonged to, if I would see someone speak, I would go to the meeting organizer or I would go to my friends who are on the board and say, wow, I just saw a professional speaker at this other conference who would be great for our event. And quite often, people would, Take me up on it. And then that speaker, they would say, oh, Tom's the one who recommended you. And then I would get to have breakfast with them or maybe pick them up at the airport. So constantly be looking for ways to refer other speakers. In our social media, crazy me, me world, it's so often that we just want to refer ourselves. But when you're taking the time to refer other people, you start to learn what are the meeting organizers looking to hire? When you refer somebody and they get hired, all of a sudden you can start to see patterns. When you refer people and they don't get hired, you'll find other patterns, So while promoting yourself is fine, you're not going to find a ton of opportunities because this is a hard business. So along the way, refer other speakers because the meeting organizers will look at you as a resource. And I promise you, if you refer someone to a paying job, that speaker is going to notice you. People do it for me all the time. They say, Hey, Tom, my company's having a meeting. You know, I'd like you to talk to my CEO to see if you're the right person to come in and and talk to our sales meeting or our all hands annual conference. Well, guess what? That person instantly is on my radar, whether I get the gig or not. That doesn't mean they all become my best, best friends, but it is a great way to get the attention of a professional speaker is refer them to someone who's looking for a professional speaker. And then the seventh tip, be ready for a long road. Success as a speaker takes time. While some people brag on their fast track in the business and they talk about how, you know, all of a sudden, boom, boom, they had all this business, most of those people, they either burn out or they become yesterday's news. They haven't actually put in the work to understand the whole business. A multi-year speaking business is about more than a trendy topic and lots of PR and social media. You have to be focused on building a long-term reputation And being there, being seen as someone who's there to serve the whole meetings industry. If it's just about you getting a check being on stage, that'll work for a while, but I don't think it works long term. Meeting professionals are hardworking people that are so busy, it's crazy. And the speaker is just one little piece of their puzzle. I know from our side of the fence, you would think, oh, that's the most important thing. Your keynote speaker and your breakout, that's the most important thing to every meeting organizer and it is important, but it's not the important thing. It's one of 20 things that they have to manage and juggle every day in the three, four, five, 12 months leading up to their event. And so we must remember that it's going to take a while to get noticed. You have to get out there so that they hear your name over a long run. What's starting to happen for me, and this is seven years full-time and really more than 10 in the business is someone will refer me and they'll call and say, Hey, I was referred to you by Marianne, but you know, I've heard your name so many times. I I'd love to talk to you about being at my event. It was that not just Marianne referring me. It's that I've heard your ta- your name several times that got them to pick up the phone and call me. Well, there's no way someone's going to hear your name several times right off the bat. It can take a decade to start to build a reputation. I think I probably have another five or 10 years ahead of me before I get my reputation to where I want it to be, and then I'll be reaching the end of my career. So this is a long haul, and if you are not ready to do that long road, you are not going to be happy with your success in this business. I recently got a call from somebody who told me she saw me speak almost 10 years ago, and only now was she ready to hire me. She said that I was too new at the time, but now that I'm still around, well, the timing was right for her event. So my experience has shown me that these seven things will help you so much more than paying some guru for their get-rich-quick seminar. It'll help you so much more than reading a book. I never could have accomplished what I've accomplished, which again, it's not like I'm rich and famous, but I'm having the time of my life and I have a legitimate business that has supported my family now for seven years. And I will tell you, I never could have done it if I hadn't joined the National Speakers Association and participated in every event I could get to. And yeah, they're expensive and it costs money and you have to fly and you have to get a hotel room and you have to give four days out of the office. But I learned so much, not only from the sessions I attended, and I have learned a lot from those, but I've learned so much from the people who I've met who have become my lifelong friends who are rooting for me and cheering for me and helping me to want to grow my business. So you can pay some guru to be part of their you know, deal, but the reality is, is that you have to take you have to take personal responsibility for it and understand what the business is really about. And if you do want to work with somebody, and you can join my group coaching program, it's perfect for speakers, and it's not that expensive. It's not some really expensive project. It's a hundred dollars a month for six months. It's called the Cool Things Project, and you can find it at TomSinger.com/slash/group or no TomSinger.com, and then go to the About button, and down there there'll be Group Coaching Project. But you can join that and we'll talk about anything you want to talk about and we'll help you kind of path it out. But at the end of the day, this marketplace is noisy and crowded and nobody, not me or anybody else can do this for you. You have to be the one who takes the bull by the horns and decides that you're going to go out and create a career as a speaker. Now, I hope you're still with me and you're going to listen because I've got some great advice from other speakers who were at the NSA event. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I brought my mobile recorder and I didn't have a backup set of batteries. Shame on me. And so I was only able to interview a handful of people and I couldn't get as many people on as I had planned because my recorder died. That being said, I listened to who I did interview and it's the right message for you, I think. So coming up right now, I've got some really short two to three minute interviews with some really smart people who are making their living in this business. So I hope you enjoy it, and we will see you soon. Hey, this is Jason
2: Lavaster the creator of the Rockstar Project, Creative Student Leadership and Character Education. And my tip for you becoming a paid speaker is to become an expert in your content. Get to know what you're talking about and believe in what you are talking about. And once you become an expert in it, people will want to know what you're saying, and they will pay you to share your message. So Jason, how
1: long have you been speaking as your main source of income?
2: My main source of income, probably five years now. I've been a touring performer uh, with colleges and working with schools and summer camps for about 20 years, but as a paid speaker, it's only been five. So how did you become an expert? Um, I think that one of the fortunate things that I was an expert before I became a speaker because I had been working with students. I was traveling to colleges. I was traveling to high schools. I was working with summer camps. And once I had uh, achieved sort of an, a level of expertise in the field, people wanted to know my opinion about what I thought helped students become successful students.
1: So what do you love about the life of
2: being a professional speaker? Uh, I actually love sharing my message. I love helping students become Um, more whole people become successful students. I like seeing them succeed. I like seeing them have aha moments uh, in their lives and and moving forward to becoming better academically, socially. Um, They just feel better about who they are. They're better about sharing their own confidence with other students. And it helps the whole community become
1: more of a rock star community. So you've been a speaker and an entertainer for a long time, but this is your first time at a National Speakers Association conference. Why would you recommend people get involved with trade associations around speaking?
2: Uh, this, this whole weekend has been so helpful for me and just helping me hone in on how to run a business um, and just spending time with other speakers. We share a whole lot. There's a great community here, and I'm going to keep coming back to NSA as, as, as for the rest of my life, hopefully. This is a great place. Hey, Jason, thanks
1: for sharing your ideas. Thank you, Tom.
3: Hi, I'm Liz Weber, and my idea for you is if you want to become a professional speaker, let's get real. This is hard work. There's an adage that says, if it reads easy, it wrote hard. If it wrote hard, it reads easy. The same thing applies for speakers. When a speaker presents and it looks so easy and so casual... It's taken a lot of work to get to that point. So be ready to do the work.
1: So have you seen people come into the industry and just think they're gonna skate into like 25 keynotes a year and or 50 keynotes a year and, and think that it should just come to them because they wrote a book or they called themselves a speaker?
3: Absolutely. And many of us, and I've done it too, is you think that no one has ever heard your take on that idea before and you found some new brilliant idea. And that's just not the case. The hard part about it is being able to differentiate yourself from everybody else out there and being, and being clear in who really needs to hear that message because not everyone needs to hear it.
1: So how do people begin to sh- differentiate themselves?
3: It's getting really clear on what they know and do very well. And it's got to be something specific that's going to be a true benefit to the client. It's going to help them make more money, be more effective, reduce their stress level, produce more product. It's got to have a real tangible benefit. It can't be something nebulous.
1: So you have written a lot about this on your website because you've been doing this for a long time, you're a board member of the National Speakers Association, so you have some resources for people that they can turn to if they want to be a speaker. How do they find that?
3: Absolutely. Go to my website, which is WBS, as in Sam, LLC.com. scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a green banner, and it says, so you want to be a speaker, click on that page, and there's information and resources there for you. Enjoy.
4: Thank you so much, Liz.
3: You're welcome. Thank you, Tom.
4: I'm Scott Lesnick, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Jazz Dog Enterprises, known as the Never Give Up Guy. So you want to become a professional speaker. One of the first things to do besides joining NSA is speaking as often as you can to anyone who wants to bring you in. If it's for free, it's for free. If it's for pay, it's great. But you are going to make connections and you're going to grow your business. Speak, 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 and then speak some more. And then when you're done doing that study other speakers and look at their websites. There's lots of great information out there. So you talk
1: about just getting out there and speaking. So what types of groups, if somebody's just new to the business and they've never given you know, even a free speech,
4: where do they start to find these? Great question. Some people like to use uh, go to church. Some people use Kiwanis, Rotary, women's clubs of any sort. A lot of these folks are looking for content on a monthly basis and they're looking for fresh content. If you have that to offer and you connect with them, which is easy to do in your city, in your location, right on the internet, they have the information of the person who's in charge of meetings, connect, they will want to bring you in. It's a great way to start growing your business. That's how I started. So what's the biggest mistake that you see people who want to become speakers make? Diving in too fast and not getting enough information about the business of speaking and how to grow it and if you don't know sales learning about sales because what we do is sales and marketing so we
1: hear a lot about the business of speaking
4: what do you mean by that the business of speaking is how to start your business how to run your business how to of course be professional and ethical but How do you approach people? How do you find people? How do you start growing your business? One of the ways to do it is to connect with fellow speakers. But if they don't know you, if you don't attend events, if you don't uh, belong to your local NSA chapter, they're not going to know you, and you have to attend it on a regular basis, and all of a sudden relationships start to grow.
1: So there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, NSA, it doesn't
4: matter. Clearly, I think it matters, and you think it matters. Why is it important? That one's easy. Before NSA... I decided I want to become a professional speaker. I didn't know anything about it. NSA taught me how to become a professional speaker. I get paid to speak, and I make a living that supports my family as a professional speaker when I started with zero. And the reason I did it is because everyone there taught me, and as I do, to give back, and we learn, and we share together. And all the support I've gotten from NSA has taken me here. Oh, plus, it takes an enormous enormous amount of work. Hey, thanks for being on the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
5: Hi, I'm Shauna Suko, and I am a former meeting planner. I'm the founder of, of the world's third largest association for senior level meeting planners. And now in my next life, I'm now a paid professional speaker full time.
1: So what advice do you have for people who want to make a transition in their career to become a speaker?
5: Align yourself with mentors who can give you great advice so you don't have to learn things the hard way, would be my first piece of advice. The second piece of advice that I would give is, you're going to have to pay your dues and speak for free, but as you do that, get testimonials on video of people, because the written testimonial, I think, is dead. So get video testimonials. When somebody's coming up and telling you, oh my gosh, that was great, pull out your phone, say, could you repeat that into my phone, please? Like, May I videotape that? And start collecting those, because those are worth their weight in gold to help you eventually start lending those paid gigs and get what you're worth.
1: So that is great advice. I want to go back to your first half, though, where you said get mentors, because I think a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get in the speaking industry. I want Tony Robbins to be my mentor, or I want, you know, Mark Victor Hansen to discover me. What do you really mean when you say mentors?
5: Well, while those people would make lovely mentors, I'm sure, I would go with a mentor who has been in the last five or 10 years where you want to go next. And don't reach for the sky because how much are they really going to have to offer you because it's been so long since they've been where you're going. And so get, get a mentor who is attainable and who has really valid, relevant advice for you because they've been there and not as a distant memory.
1: So how do you go about finding people to be your mentor?
5: Come to NSA, you know, NSA is a great place that's filled with people who are of various abilities, various uh, years of experience, and you will absolutely be amazed by how many people are willing to be helpful.
1: So you used to be a meeting professional and now you're a speaker. What did you learn about speakers when you were on the other side? When you used to hire speakers, what were some of the things you learned, good or bad?
5: Oh my goodness. Um, I've learned that based on, you know, from my experience as a meeting planner, I've learned to be a kinder speaker and not be a diva speaker because I know meeting planners hate that. And I've learned um, to be prepared as a speaker, have every possible dongle, connector, um, and to really, you know, appreciate the meeting planner and what they go through because that's a relationship that's going to be really important to you going forward.
1: So you're coming to NSA, and you're, we're here in Austin at the Winter Conference. What's the best thing you learned here that you're gonna put into action in your career?
5: Oh my goodness, okay, so I have a tendency to chase shiny objects, or what I call chasing squirrels, and uh, I, my head is always full of ideas, and I come here, and I get so many more ideas, and the best piece of advice was stop chasing every single thing and figure out what's gonna be helpful and productive to what you want to achieve next.
6: Hi, this is Brian Walter, and I run a business called Extreme Meetings, which provides customized infotainment to make meetings memorable. The reason I just introduced myself that way, because this is my biggest piece of advice to you. Can you say what your value is as a speaker to a potential client in one sentence? I call it your single sentence summary. Mine was customized infotainment to make meetings memorable a unique aspect infotainment a benefit memorable if you can do that people can hire you if you can't do that you're going and you won't get hired
1: so how do people figure that out i mean a lot of people who want to be in the business they see from the outside someone speaking and they say i'm a speaker i talk about leadership swing you know anything around you're going to hit a lot of people who talk about leadership how do you get to what you're talking about
6: well, I'll just use your exact example, a leadership. Here is the concept, and then I'll show you in an application. The concept is you sell the best-tasting slice of the pie, not the whole pie. Now, you're probably, like, use your example, you're a leadership speaker. Well, okay, that's so broad. You're trying to sell the entire leadership pie. But when you say leadership, you're just saying pie, I mean, it's, just, it's not that exciting. If you were to take the coolest slice of what you do about leadership, try and sell that first. It's more interesting. For example, if you were to say, you know, I'm a speaker and I talk about leadership projection. Stop. What are they going to do? Like, well, what's leadership projection? Oh, well, I help leaders communicate their vision in such a way that people are bought into and want to do what they're talking about. Boom. Can I hire you? I'm just going to throw money at you. If you say, I'm a leadership speaker, that's nice. So, Brian, you've been involved
1: in the National Speakers Association for a long time. You're on the board. Why do you think it's important for someone who wants to become a speaker to join this association or at least get around a lot of other speakers?
6: It's all about fast forward. You could probably learn how to be a speaker by yourself with your own network, trial and error. Pain, fall down, get up, make tons of mistakes. I like learning vicariously as much as humanly possible. In fact, Tom, I enjoy seeing if you make a mistake because I can learn from it. Okay, sure, I'll make my own and you'll probably laugh and enjoy my mistakes here. But you multiply your speed of learning and development when you can learn from the successes and failures of others who care about you. That's why.
1: Thank you so much for being on my show.
6: It's a pleasure.
7: Hi, it's Karen Jacobson, the GPS Girl. My best tip for somebody who wants to transition into becoming a speaker is to look for opportunities in daily life to get up in front of people. I'm talking about family events, special dinner, perhaps at Thanksgiving you can say, look, why don't we just all go around and say a few words and you can set the tone. Uh, Maybe it's a special occasion or a birthday, perhaps you're in an office environment or some at some kind of event where you feel like you could help elevate the event by acknowledging somebody publicly in front of the room. Now these don't sound like such a big deal. But I bet when you know people in the room, it will give you a little adrenaline rush that won't be feeling so great. And it gives you the, opp- the experience of being performance ready, being able to be the person who can say a few words at a moment's no ma- notice, no matter what. So I highly recommend you look for and take those opportunities to build your confidence and comfortability in front of people.
1: Now you are known for something that is sort of unique. You are known as the voice of GPS and of Siri. So how did that happen, and then how did you use that to help boost your career?
7: Uh, it was an audition. I'm a singer and songwriter, and have done voiceovers for many years. Got an audition. Found found that my voice has now ended up through that voice system in over 400 million GPS and smartphone devices. And I made the connection between directions in the car and directions for life. Created my empowerment brand the GPS girl. And now I teach people how to recalculate, how to navigate change in business and life no matter what.
1: Thank you so much for being on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do.
8: Oh, and you have reached your destination. Hi, my name is Silvia Di Giusto. I'm the owner of Executive Image Consultant, and I package people. And my tip for you is that you have to package yourself as the speaker you want to be. So leave a digital footprint on the internet that just wows every single person that stops by your website and thinks this is exactly the person we want to hire.
1: So when you say package yourself, what, what exactly do you mean?
8: Well, you know... We all make a first impression. We all judge each other. Science knows that we make 11 major decisions about each other. And if somebody, a meeting planner, goes onto your website, they kind of immediately decide and judge on you if you are a speaker they want to hire, if you can entertain a crowd, if you are professional, if you look professional, if you behave professional. So make sure that your website represents you in the best possible way.
1: Thank you for being on the show.
8: Thank you very much.
0: Hi, it's David Newman from Do It Marketing, and my advice to become a successful professional speaker is you have to know two and only two things. Number one, what problems do you solve? And number two, what people do you serve? And every decision that you make about your business model, your speaking model, your revenue model stems from those two things. And the more sharply and clearly you define what problems you solve and what people you serve, the more quickly you're going to have success As a professional speaker and as a thought leader of any kind.
1: So, how do people really answer those questions? I mean, we hear a lot of advice like that, but what do people, what's the work they have to do to figure out what their message is and and who they give it to? So three
0: intersecting circles. I always like to share three intersecting circles. Circle number one is your expertise, uh, you know, your experience, all the, the, the passions and gifts that you have. That's circle number one. A lot of people stop there, and that's a mistake. Circle number two is figuring out who's your tribe, who are your peeps, who are the folks that you resonate with the most and that you want to spend most of your professional time with. And then circle number three, this is where the magic happens. Looking back at those people in circle number two, what are they already seeking to learn do or become and how can you be the bridge how can you be the facilitator that takes them from where they are to what they want to learn do or become
1: so david we're here at the national speakers association winter conference in beautiful austin texas what is something that makes you come year after year to these nsa events
0: Well, I think partly it's hanging out with friends like you. It's the camaraderie. It's the connections. It's the learning. Certainly, it's the content. And, and, you know, Austin's a great town, so who wouldn't want to come to Austin? But really, I think it's about continually sharpening the axe. So my definition of an expert is someone who's continuously seeking expertise. So if I'm not always refilling the bucket, if I'm not always refreshing the database, then I'm not really a credible thought leader, and neither are you. So, David, thank you. You bet. Great to be here, Tom. Thanks.
1: Thanks for listening, and that was a lot of great advice from everybody who shared their tips from the National Speakers Association Winter Conference in Austin. Hey, before we go, I realized I never thanked our sponsor, and that's not fair because they are a wonderful sponsor. I got to give a shout-out to Podfly. This episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast, and they set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to make sure that you sound amazing. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, you have to talk to the people at podfly.net. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and find out about the special offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So thank you very much for tuning in, and we're going to be back in a couple of days with more interviews with cool people. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day.
0: Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do Podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger.